<clears throat> the Cameron Lazies are back. It's been two long years. COVID hit us pretty hard. If you believe that COVID's real, ah, this is not a political show. It's a show about basketball. And back when COVID hit, I swore that when we returned in one year, two or ten, I'd be coming back with a song. How hard can it be? I'd have two long years. The problem is that I waited until just now when we're about to start the show. Oh, Aaron and Ariana said, please don't do a song. And if you do, please don't do it in that terrible Bob Dylan voice. It doesn't sound like Bob Dylan. It just sounds like a bad singer whining. And it's just really, really annoying. And you're going to turn everyone off and make them wonder why they ever listened at all. Ah, it'll seriously be a disaster. It won't even be worth going on from there. You'll alienate everyone. And it's gonna be too long. It's gonna be too dang long. Long, 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 long. Oh, long, 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 long. And it always ends the same way. With you just running out of steam and singing tambourine man for an insufferable amount of time and i said i promise trust me gang it'll all be basketball duke basketball coach k shire and all the whole gang's gonna be here and i'm ready to rock uh, hey mr tambourine man play a song for me I ain't sleepy and there is no place I'm going to. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. In the jingle jangle morning, I'll come following And then we had four, at least four guys getting cramps. We're real young. Well, this is a magical place. Cameron Lazies. <laughs> Fucking A, we're back, gang. Season two. My name is Shane. I'm here with Ariana and Aaron. How are you all doing? Where are we? Uh, we are in the shed. We are in Mike Shashedsky. It's um, Love it. Aaron, you know, those of you who know Aaron might know he's known for having a shed. Now I have a shed. His is the physical shed, the Sparta. Mine is the thinker shed, the intellectual shed, the Athens. Between us, we're a city-state. Ariana, you can be a city-state, too. I don't know I'm gonna any... I'm going to have to get a shed. I'm going to have to convert yeah. my uh, closet in my on my porch into a shed so that we have three sheds and we're three sheds deep. I think so. I think we should get three sheds and rotate between them. There's no reason we can't do an away game at Aaron's shed. That's true. And Ariana's future shed. Ariana's suka. You that, tempor- a yeah, temporary dwelling for Sukkot, the holiday, the Feast of Booths. Oh, there okay. we go. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, we already passed the Feast of Booths, so it's you know probably another ten months or so in the uh, season three in the yeah. lun- the lunar calendar. <laughs> um, hey, you know what? Uh, there's been COVID. Um, <clears throat> hey, we should do like what happened. So I was in Ponte Vedra, Florida, Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida, at the Players Championship in March of what year? Twenty twenty. 
Yeah. You and I, I think, recorded mm-hmm. over Zoom. Aaron yeah. couldn't be there for that one. We recorded over Zoom on the eve of the ACC tournament. Mm-hmm. The next day, done. hell broke loose. Yeah. Hell broke loose. Duke wouldn't go on. Duke, really, if Duke hadn't done what they did, we still probably would have had every sport. Duke was the only reason teams they were the They were the linchpin. They, uh, once they made their move, everybody else was like, if they ain't doing it, we ain't doing we it. We ain't doing it. And so, yeah, they walked off the court or they didn't come out or whatever. Yeah. No, but really, that was the beginning of the end. We never recorded another podcast. We yeah. were like, we should do a concluding podcast. We didn't do it. Yeah. We didn't do the whole next season. Mm-hmm. Right? Huh? huh? What do you mean next season? Yeah, there was a whole, there was a whole other season. Yeah. Aaron, do you not remember that we had a basketball season last year? I... I'm quite sure there was no basketball season last year. Um, I beg to differ because, well, Ariana, I actually don't know. You you do know, though. You're pretty convinced there was a basketball season, right? I mean, I, I was aware that there was a basketball season. Okay. We had a team and everything. We played games. There were no fans, but we definitely played games. No, no? this doesn't sound right. This sounds, you know what this sounds like? Mm-hmm. This is gaslighting. Oh, that's become wow. that's become that's very scary. it's very hot right now. It's so fr- I'm so glad you did that. You you have your finger on the pulse. And yeah. You just, well, you know, I'm speaking up. Yeah. No, that's good. Bringing attention to the issues, even when you're lying, it's fine. It's good. <clears throat> wow. Well, here's my my impression of gaslighting is it's anything that you don't like. Mm. Is that right? I think it has to involve actually a gaslight. Oh, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Step one. <laughs> Many people don't know it came from a play where there was an actual <laughs> gaslight and a man making his wife think she murdered someone because the gaslights were dimmer or something. That see that sounds made up. That that is actually It sounds like that is in fact that is gaslighting. The, the exact <laughs> truth. I'm gaslighting you. Um no, but there was a whole season last year. We just I don't think we had, nobody had the heart to do anything last yeah. year, right? We just sort of flunked out. Um, we didn't even try. Did we maybe talk about it? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't... no, I, I, we did. Uh, do you want to, do you want to give the recap of the season since, you know, you saw it? I, okay. All right. Fine. I admit it. I admit it. I know that there was a Duke basketball season last yeah. year. All right. Alphonse mother's ball now in the NBA mm-hmm. was excellent until, you know, the point in the season where he was injured and then he had to go out. Uh, I thought that, uh, that, Danny O'Toole was a real disappointment. Danny O'Toole uh, out of out of New York City. Uh, Can I just say, I, I'm really glad for this. I, I didn't follow the at all last yeah. year. So th- I'm, this is the first time learning of anything that happened last so, year. So Foster and Willis, they were... I mean, you can't say that they were busts, uh-huh. right? Exactly, because they weren't exactly highly touted prospects coming in. But I, I just didn't think that there was, uh, there was really uh, anything special there. Uh, but Reader was a revelation, and we're really uh, unfortunate to have lost Reader to to transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the reality of the game today, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the end was disappointing uh, when we lost to Michigan State. Uh, but uh, I think <laughs> that we can, you know, move on and get it together, and and uh, you know, hopefully have a successful season this year. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, you I, mentioned yeah. Foster and Willis like they were a tandem. Were they sort of like, did they go by that? Like a sort of... Uh, oh, they, they went to the same high school, right? Yeah, it was... And that's a, why they came in together? It was a TikTok thing. Uh, you know, Foster and Willis. It was never Willis and Foster. No. Uh, hashtag Foster and Willis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, what uh, was your favorite part about Reader's Game? I mean, what do you think he... Mm. Uh, I would say the crossover. 
the crossover dribble or yeah, the crossover appeal? Yes. Okay. And where did he transfer to? Wichita. Oh. He's a shocker now. He's a shock. How many how many players are we gonna lose? No, Wichita University. Oh, oh, just Wichita <laughs> University, not Wichita State. My bad. What's their mascot? Hmm? Wichita University, what's their mascot? Blocker. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be another sexual term. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, someone named their mascot after just the locker, and it's singular. If I, I would say, if I had to start a university, which I may someday for some of my beliefs that aren't, aren't taught in, in mainstream universities, if I did, I would do a singular team that was not a color or like an animal or something, something like locker, because then you get in a lot of trivia questions. Because there's true. always those questions like name the name of the universities with nicknames that don't end in S, aren't a color, aren't um, an, animal. an animal, and there's one more, but I can't remember. Um, but it's like, you know, like the Navy midshipmen and things like that. Um, yeah. My undergrad, we were the TARS, uh, named after a sailor because they would tar yep. the ships. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had the unofficial mascot of a fox. Uh, so we have weirdly two mascots. Um, so... That's like, um, oh, who's the other school that does that? Like their their name is dumb, but they have an animal that comes out. Let's think about that one. University of Alabama. Yes. Oh, yeah. Roll Tide, yeah. They have an the, elephant. Uh, elephant. Good, yep. good yep. man, Aaron. Good man on the spot. Um, well, I just got to say, I'm really happy to be back with you two fine people. Um, we are, let's see, so it's Sunday night. Friday, we had the Gonzaga game. Mm-hmm. Um, Tuesday night, we're coming back. We're going to do... So we're doing two shows in two days, or two shows in 48 hours, at least. Um, we're going to do one after the OSU game. Um, and we're I think, like, right now, this, we're kind of finding our feet. We're going to find our feet tonight and um, maybe find our feet so well that we develop a foot fetish. I don't, I don't want to... <laughs> Foot fetishes are out this year, Shane. Didn't you know? No. What fetish is it, Aaron? It's diaper fetish. Ah, that's the en vogue fetish. Yes. It is. And then we've got like 20 minutes of diaper fetish material. (laughs) That's that's the rest of this podcast. And when I say we, I mean me. Yeah. Like if folks logged on hoping to hear about Duke basketball, you are mistaken. You will have to wait till the last like three minutes of the pod. They just heard about last season. I like the idea of people listening to this on the diaper fetish talk and be like, well, at least they'll come back Tuesday with six and, go, and we come back and it's like, Duke defeated Ohio State, uh, 188. So about the diaper fetish. <laughs> Just keep going from there. Always that central front and center. Uh, so this has been, yeah. So I, I will, I, I have to confess, I have, I had a lot of, I had a busy fall. Yeah. I had to build a shed. Um, Check. Yeah. Well, you know, my dad pretty much did that, but I. <laughs> I had to be around, like, pretending to work. And that's almost more stressful than doing it yourself. I had to do that. I had to write a book myself. I couldn't even get my dad to do that. Wow. Does he do anything? That's really a failure as a Duke graduate, Shane, is not having your daddy do everything for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, 50% of stuff. Honestly, he did a couple of pages for me, and they were trash. I couldn't (laughs) couldn't go off them. I had to do it myself. Um, And so, anyway, point being, I didn't watch a single Duke basketball game until the Gonzaga game. And then I was so fucking hyped up by that. I was like, okay, well, we had already planned to do this. We knew we were going to do the Lazies. But I got so into it, like guaranteeing a national title. I do that every Mm -hmm. season. But this one's I really, this time I really mean it. Uh, And then I grinded. I went to the film. I went to the film room. And I watched the Kentucky game. Um, And so those are the two I've seen. 
which are probably like the two most important at this point, right. obviously. But I, I'm sure I could have learned a lot more by watching other games like you guys have. You've seen all of them, Ariana? Yeah, all but uh, one that I like missed because I was... Uh, well, I guess there are two halves of basketball that I've missed. One, because I was traveling, and that was the Citadel game. And then I think it was the Campbell game that I missed. Okay. Um, but other than that, I have, because Cameron has fans back, um, which has been stressful, but also nice. Um, and so I've been at all the home games that we've had so far, um, except those two. So uh, it's been fun to be back in there and kind of like feel the energy and like watch the team play. Um, and I, I got to say, I was explaining this to somebody else while I was in Cameron that so as a like there are, you know, multiple sections in Cameron. I generally am at the section that is closest to the bench. And I like being in that section because I can observe the bench and like the dynamics of the team and the coaches mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and this team, I really like watching because they have fun playing together and they all like, like each other. Like yeah. even when the bench players are in, you see all the guys who are starters like up and cheering them on um, and vice versa. And they all have like really great big smiles on their faces and they just, they work hard together um, and they enjoy playing together. So I really, I like watching this bunch. Yeah. And they, I was, oh, sorry. Go oh, ahead. no, I said that really, they are consummate teammates. Um, yeah. You know, if one gets into some trouble, uh, maybe at night in Eflund. Uh, and, you know, the, the other uh, guy is right there to, uh, to you know, pick up his teammate, mm-hmm. right, and mm-hmm. literally drive his car. Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing Coach K says is if one guy commits to something, everybody jumps, yes. jumps in. And when yes. Michael Savariano, or whatever his name is, yep. decided to drive drunk, Paula was like, I'm, I can't drive, there's not two wheels. This isn't the Simpsons opening credits situation. <laughs> But I'm gonna get in that car with you. Are you thinking the of the accident. Are you thinking of the Flintstones? No, isn't there a Simpsons scene where Maggie and, and or sorry, oh, yeah, Maggie I see. And, and Marge are driving? I pictured you more more thinking of the of the Flintstones scene. The feet car. Yeah. Is there is there a thing where there's two wheels there, or is there no wheels? <sighs> there's stone wheels. I know that. Oh, okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, no, I was. I mean, both both are great. Mm-hmm. Honestly, neither one of us is wrong. It's just yeah. a, it's just a classic America agree to disagree situation. Sure. Like COVID. Right. Um, so, but no, Ariana, I love when you talk about that because you get to see so many games and, uh, you, it's, it's great to hear your perspective because you actually, if I'm remembering correctly, the, the, uh, the national title team, the Jalil Okafor team, you didn't feel that way about, like they were not like a unified team in your opinion, right? Yeah. They were very clicky. Um, watching them on the bench, it was very, it was very clear to see that like there were the like young stars, and then there were the like older players and like they weren't they didn't really jive together they didn't really interact with each other on the bench uh, as much um, and they like weren't very like weren't very vocal um, and so it came it came across really clicky like these players are with these players all the time and they do not mix with the other players and so um, that kind of mentality also like that played out on the court in the way they like shared the ball or didn't share the ball really um, and like, yeah, we won some games. But when you look at the games that we won, especially in the tournament down the stretch, it was mostly like the effort of singular players that mm-hmm, like made mm-hmm. the difference. Like whether it was um, Grayson Allen in what was that the Wisconsin game? I'm trying to remember now. Yeah, that well, run. the Wisconsin game for sure. He saved um, our bacon there. Yeah, he... and like uh, I don't know, like there were there were different moments, especially along the tournament where it was 
individual players that like were the big difference maker. It wasn't like say um, the 2010 team or, you know, the like nineties or two thousands teams that like won titles where they, they needed each other to win yeah. and like yeah, they yeah, had yeah. to play as a unit. And this team feels a little bit more like those Duke teams of old where they have to play like a unit. Um, and like, we saw a little bit of that in the Gonzaga game where, or the Gonzaga game, I had a friend who's from Washington who like got mad at me when I mispronounced it. And <laughs> when you get mad at me for pris- mispronouncing something, I'm just going to like double down on it. But I so wait, 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 which is it? It's Gonzaga. Okay. It's, it's, it's not Aga. It's, it's not Aga. It's Aga. Gonzaga. Gonzaga. I think I knew that. Because he was but, like, they're the Zags, not the Zogs. And so I just oh. doubled down. It was like Gonzaga and yeah. then continued oh. talking. Yeah. Um, it's like Oregon. You should always pronounce it Oregon. Oregon <laughs> is the correct pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Really go hard on the on. <laughs> Gone. Oregon. A lot of times Oregon people don't even say the first two syllables. They just, just say, I'm gone. from I'm from the gone. Mm, and that's, so that's if you want to sound really cool, you yeah. can do that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, this, just to follow up on this quickly, the Zion team, you thought they were pretty close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. That stuff to me is so interesting of like what matters. I mean, that stuff definitely matters, but it's also like clearly, you, you know, you can win a title without it mm-hmm. and you cannot win a title with it. You know right. what I mean? Like it's one of those interesting things. Um, but it is a, kind of good to hear. I think it makes yeah. the viewing experience like more enjoyable somehow. Yeah. Um, like they always have giant smiles on their faces when they play. And like I, um, Someone was telling me that during the Kentucky game, which we can dive a little bit deeper into later, um, there was a stretch of time, especially after like there were so many different players cramping, that Coach K wanted to shift to a zone because we just weren't able to cover the floor um, in a man-to-man. And like he, you know, told them in the huddle like we're gonna go zone, and they were like, "No, Coach, like we got this." Ooh, sorry, we're 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 gonna do it. Um, and they, you know really put in the effort to cover them on man-to-man defense. And so there's just a lot of heart in this team and they're fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Aaron, are you getting, what kind of vibes are you getting just from where you, you're sitting? I would say the vibes are pretty good. Excellent. Yeah. Deep thorough analysis. Um, Do we want to talk about the players one at a time? Sure. Really just analyze them, um, get deep inside their heads. Like a free association thing? Oh, oh no. Yeah, I, I mean, that I think you can. Too. I think yeah. you can, yeah. First thing that comes up when we say their names? First okay. Thing, okay, so... Well, who's going to say the name first? Well, I can. we can each go through and say a name. I, I can start with a guy that's interesting to me. But you're not going to be surprised. Oh, well... I, oh. All right. Just, so... Just, just, okay. So, um, I'll, I'll start. Okay. Mother's Ba. <laughs> <laughs> The son of Mark Mothersbaugh, uh, famously of the group <laughs> Devo, and was... did scores for Wes Anderson films. Uh-huh. Um, didn't seem very athletic, Mark Mothersbaugh. And then his kid comes along, yeah. and it's just also not very athletic. I don't know how he got on Duke's team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and into the NBA. And into the NBA. It's wild. He's still there. It's wild. He is one of the few players who never succeeded on any level, going back to like his elementary school. But that's teams. how it works. It's you know you fail upwards. <laughs> it's the Peter principle. <laughs> yeah, you got it. So I, I will say I. Um, his name is not Peter though. It's Alphonse. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Alphonse Mother's Box. Right. What a name. Um, one of the things that's great about sports that we all love is that it is a true. Not it's not this is not at all the case. But in terms of like wins and losses, it's a meritocracy, right? And so it's Absolutely. you you kind of can't be a phony. You know what I mean? If you're a phony, you're gonna get exposed. However, I've been watching Drive to Survive on Netflix, <laughs> which is like extremely good. Um 
I it was so good that I decided to watch an F1 race, which was as boring and, and not fun as I would have imagined. <laughs> but it was like the it's an F1 documentary, and in a classic like European style, it is there's only like two teams that can win. That's like the first thing. There's only like three drivers who could possibly win a title. And then the rest of them are this weird assortment of like rich dads, like getting their kids into be F1 drivers. And so there's only 20 of them. There's only 20 drivers on like the main F1 circuit. And it's like five of them are terrible because they're just like rich guys, kids. And they're like, like a billionaire is like, I want my kid to be an F1 driver. And I don't know. I just think it's strange. Yeah. So that's sort of like, if there was a basketball version of that, it would be Alphonse mother's mom. No, it's kind of like Carolina. (laughs) Zingo. Zingo, buddy. Mid-season form already. <laughs> um, but here's the one I want to talk about first. Uh, it was a tale of two men from what I saw. So Trevor Keels, I, as I said, I watched the Gonzaga game first. Um, and was like, oh, man, this guy sucks. Yep. <laughs> but then I watched Kentucky, and he was unbelievable. And he actually didn't suck in the Gonzaga game. Defensively, he's really, really good, and he contributed a ton. But he just... He, he offensively didn't. Was awful. Offensively, wasn't really good. Yeah, but in the Kentucky game, it was like ridiculous and playing better athletes really than mm-hmm. than Gonzaga has. Um, so my first thought on him is that his last name sounds like a nickname, and I'm never going to stop thinking his name is Trevor Keeley, and that people are just <laughs> calling him Keels as like a nickname. And then the second thought is that we are going to hear in every single game this year that he benched 185 pounds, 19. 19 reps. 19 reps, which is the Duke record, apparently. Which actually is really impressive, yeah. but it's just a story we're going to hear. But no, I'd love to hear what you guys think about him, because I think, uh, yeah, watching the Kentucky game after the Gonzaga game, I was like, oh, I'm so excited about Trevor Keels. Yeah. And then I had the weird thing of like, oh, wait, but I experienced the future already. Now I don't know. Yeah. Um, First of all, it's not that impressive. <laughs> okay. All right. Can so Trevor Keels. Okay. Can I do it? Trevor Keels is what, 19 years old? Yeah, okay, so I'm almost 19? I'm yeah. almost double that. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. How much I'm, can you bench? I'm here? not an athlete. How much can you bench? I, don't know, I think of you as an athlete. Yeah. I have benched 175 pounds for one rep. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> so strong. When you put it like that, it really does put it in perspective. <laughs> so, uh, yes, or two, two, uh, maybe five, seven days ago, 137 and a half pounds for okay. 11 reps. Wow. Okay. I, so you know, put us side by side. I'm a six foot two, Jewish man in my mid to late thirties. Yeah, Trevor Keels is a star basketball player. Uh, Nineteen, mm-hmm. young, young in the prime of his yeah. sexual prime. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know. What to say. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I mean, I'm really embarrassed. <laughs> When you have a podcast in, you know, a long time. So, okay, so so that's what, 70 or 47 and a half pounds and eight more reps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really not that good. Basically the same. Yeah. It's yeah. not that good. They're, they're, yeah, exactly the same. So that's my message to the Billis, Billistrator, to the Shulman. Straighter. Uh, to the Straighter. <laughs> to West Durham. My old nemesis. Oh, yeah. We got to rekindle that rivalry. It's not that impressive. So just, yeah. I like that. I like that take. That's really good. Um, And if Trevor Keels wants to come to my shed gym and show me that he can do it, he's perfectly welcome to come. 
It's just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Duke University. He can, yeah, he, he could come. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna show up. What if he did? What if he listens to this podcast? Mm-hmm. He's like, Aaron called me out, and I gotta prove him wrong. So I gotta show him up. The truth is that <laughs> if he comes to the shed, we can't let him deadlift. Because if he can deadlift more than me, which is three hundred and thirty pounds, it's all over. he gets to take my belt. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta be, you, you gotta be really can't careful of that. that. Yeah, no. no deadlifting. So let's just let's just put it out there. It's a Trevor yeah. Keels challenge. Right. You come to the shed anytime, day or night. Uh, anytime, like, day or night. Yeah, I'd say like after seven a.m. Okay. Probably and like before ten p.m. Okay, so that's plenty of time. Yep. Seven a.m. to 10, a, 10 p.m. You've got yep. plenty of time. Mm-hmm. You come. The challenge is to. We already know you lift way more than Aaron. The challenge <laughs> is more just, reps. The challenge is just to show that you can do it. But don't please don't deadlift because Aaron doesn't want to lose his belt. Yeah, it's a really nice belt. <laughs> For the record, listeners, Aaron pulled out his notes uh, to. Yeah, I pulled. Yeah, I pulled out to my get the exact weights and the exact rep counts. Um, He's not messing around. Do you want to tell how you got the belt, Aaron? Uh, well, I actually my my parents got it for me as a birthday gift. Oh, I thought it was the one you bought with my weight loss money. No, okay. no, <laughs> I actually bought a couple pairs of short shorts with that money. Oh, okay. Um, and then I've been wearing them while we've been playing golf. So that's oh. kind of that's part of the um, you know, that's the yeah, that's part of the humiliation. Yeah, I um, I thought by offering giving Aaron hundred dollars and then saying like, you get to keep it if I don't lose what fifteen pounds or something, yeah, it was some kind of formula. Yeah, no, maybe it was less than that. <clears throat> even maybe it a was, percentage that that gives me too much credit. <laughs> Whatever it was, um, I uh, you get to keep it if I didn't lose the weight, and mm-hmm. I just thought my antipathy for Aaron, my yeah. pure yeah. hatred, yeah. Uh, would would motivate me, and it just didn't. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so he, now he has some short shorts. I thought it was a belt. Actually, it would have felt no, no. Yeah, it is more humiliating that way. Yeah, no, and I look really cute in them too. <laughs> we'll post a picture of Aaron <laughs> when the app comes up. It's it's weird though because the diapers kind of coming out from the bottom. <laughs> some people might like that. No, we should say that. Okay, <clears throat> we joke about diaper fetishes. Yeah, there's a lot of rumors going around that Purdue coach Matt Painter is a diaper fetishist, but we want to get it out ahead of that. Yeah, and say you know we do like to joke about this stuff, but Matt Painter wears a diaper because he's incontinent, so it's not a diaper fetish. <laughs> so anybody saying Matt Painter is a diaper fetish actually is being really offensive. Right? Don't. It's, yeah, it's because of incontinence. <laughs> Matt Painter's incontinent. <laughs> Okay. But the bathrooms at Mackey Arena are apparently very nice. Oh, they are. Yeah, <laughs> he, he can't get there. He's right. never he's never seen the inside of what he can't get there. All right, come on, you guys, <laughs> come on, you guys, take it seriously. So Trevor Keels, though, now that we've talked about everything superficial, yes. his actual game. You guys have seen more than me. I mean, yeah. is this is this guy awesome, or is he like is he going to be uneven? Is he going to be Wendell freshman year, or? What's the deal? So I think he's definitely better than Wendell freshman year. I think he has a lot of strong points. I think what we saw in the Gonzaga game is what happens when he's going up against players that have more reach and more length than he does. And he wasn't quite sure what to do on offense. Um, so he's he's really great on defense. Um, he has a really great intensity. He like can force turnovers, which is awesome. Um, he recovers well on rotations. Like he, he has all of the fundamentals that you want to have in a player on offense or on defense, rather on offense. 
I think he's a little bit in a tricky spot because, so I learned this recently, he and Jeremy Roach went to high school together and they've played together before. Yeah. And Jeremy Roach is still kind of in the, I'm not quite settled on being a point guard. I still want to try and score the basketball. And so sometimes that either puts Trevor or Wendell in a distributor role. Um, and so then Trevor is kind of like, I don't, I don't know which I should do, distribute or try and score. Um, his... To me, his strength is slashing to the basket and like looping around defenders to put something up. And he's either going to get fouled and go to the line, which he needs to be more consistent on free throws, um, or he's going to like score that layup. Um, and I, I do. I think he needs to continue kind of just building his confidence in fake knowing that even if it's a defender that has a lot of length, he can still make it into the lane for a basket. And it actually probably increases his likelihood of being fouled, which is a good thing because it's mm -hmm, going to put mm -hmm. him to the line for either two free throws or a three point play. Um, and I think he was just out of sorts in that regard. And he wasn't sure what to do. I think he's also really strong on a fast break, um, which is great because like, we have him who can force he who can force turnovers. How's that grammatical? I think him is him. right. Maybe I don't. Aaron's the girl. the one who forces turnovers. Uh, <laughs> I am the one who forces turnovers. Exactly. Yeah. Um, That's a classic Breaking Bad. We can also breath. have like Wendell forcing turnovers, and so having Keels uh, on the fast break is like a really really strong point for us. So I think he just has to work on what do I do when my defenders in the lane are taller and longer than I am. Yeah. No, I might. I agree with you on this. Um, and I, I would say my insight is, as a newly strong person, uh, maybe it, it, some are saying a swole person, mm -hmm. yeah. you see someone in the lane who is clearly weak, mm -hmm. like Chet Holmgren or mm, Drew yeah. Timmy. You're going and for it. Yeah, you just want to run into them. Oh, yeah. And just, you know, shove your big muscular body right in there and, you know, mess this them is, up. This yeah. is why Aaron doesn't have a job anymore. <laughs> So he, he does this at his, at his workplace as well. and there's so many weak people he sees and he just can't resist. So, yeah, I mean, that's a bad day at the office for Keels. Um, I think the strength of the Kentucky team, right, uh, with Shibway in the middle, right? He So, okay, you know, it, it's going to be like when the, the ram hits the other ram, right? And, you know, you see it in the television commercial. I'm doing the hand gesture. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's um, doing the ram. Yeah, the ham, yeah. Uh, so I, I really think that if he can kind of calm down with that and, you know, understand that just because someone weak is standing there, you don't have to run into them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, he'll be, uh, he'll be well served by that. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to also keep that dominant instinct. You sure. got to oh, temper yeah. it, temper it, but keep right. it. Right. Um, and like, I, I think we got to remember that he's a kid still. Yeah. And so he has a lot of room to grow, but we I already said, yeah, we said he's a goat. We like, said he was a goat. In his he's sexual prime. <laughs> No, kid goat, kid goat. I'm making a... I was just reinforcing that he's in his sexual... I got it. Okay. Okay. Oh, Lord have mercy. I said it once. It's got to come back. It's Chekhov's it's sexual prime. Right. It's the rule of the shit. Um, but no, you're right. You're right. Um, oh, I get the kid goat. That's yeah, cool. thank yeah. you. I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. It took him a long um, time to catch Yeah, I know. I was too busy uh, making I think, my sexual prime. I think he's also a streaky shooter. And uh, oh, yeah. uh, if he starts, you know, if he, sees, if he sees some of them go in, though, mm -hmm. uh, he it's can really, game. yeah, he can put, a, uh, put it together. Um, uh, so I really like him mm -hmm. uh, uh, going forward for this team, and, and uh, especially as a, a defensive uh, strength, but but developing more as an offensive option. 
I, I feel he's a he's going to be a floor slapper for us on defense. Like when games are tough and we need that energy boost, that intensity. Like he's hands to ground, like getting everybody fired up. Boom. Um, Have we had a big muscly guy in a while? Yeah, I, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say I love a stout musky, muscly yeah. point guard. I was um, thinking, um, uh, uh, what was that that young guy, guy's name? Demarcus Nelson. 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 He was. He was. Yeah. He was yeah. strong. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, was he had kind of broad, broad shoulders. Thinking of these are like you know, it's not quite the same, but like a Mateen Cleaves, like Calamine no. type. Like okay. I, I'd love that shit. Mm-hmm. It's just so good in call. I don't know if it yeah, really it you don't to the NBA you don't as well really anymore. see it in the NBA. Yeah, uh, you know who else is kind of like that? Like Jason Williams for yeah. Duke a little bit. I mean, you he's so skilled that you don't think of him that way, but he was like a bowling ball. Yeah. He would get in the lane. Like he was just an unstoppable force. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Um, John Shire, another one. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Uh, so you mentioned uh, Roach as well while you were talking, yeah. and I we have to tell this story, right? Of this, this may only be funny to me, but Roach uh, in Las Vegas, our friend David was there to watch it live yeah. for the Gonzaga game. He saw so Jeremy Roach had the big bucket late, like he you know he made a basket, made a layup, and uh, made a couple bu- buckets late. Did he hit the one in the like lane. The, the one with like, I forget how many seconds yeah. left was the big one that created the distance for us to get the win. Yeah. And um, our he friend, had kind of like a putback though. He did. He, I'm thinking of the driving layup. I mean, yeah. 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 And so our friend David was in the um, restroom after the game and saw Jeremy Roach's father there. Uh-huh. And I think he was a little drunk and said, oh, uh, no. he said to him, that was the most clutch layup of all time. <laughs> Which like, look, I'm, I'm not saying so I'm, far this season. Yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't a good bucket, but that is like that's dramatic, <laughs> super dramatic. And the dad seemed like he was on board and was talking oh, to everybody. Um, so I think that's going to become a trope for us. Is Jeremy Roach makes clutch, clutch layups? Clutch layups. That's amazing. Oh my god. But yeah, yeah, Roach is one. Like to me, Roach is a total enigma because I've only watched two games. But yeah. I, I don't know what to think of him. Um, whether he's, it's like he's Kiel's light in a way. Like, yeah, it's like they played together in high school. We're going to hear that over and over. Just like, you know, Kiel's his weightlifting thing. Um, yeah, I don't know what to make of him. Like, is he is he also really good on defense? I mean, what is his, what are his strengths? What does he bring to the team? Sometimes I feel like with a guy like Kiel's, with a guy like um, Boncaro and, and, and Wendell Moore, like a Roach-style point guard almost feels redundant to me. And I, don't, I that's why I'm like very curious of where he's going to fit on this yeah. team and what role he plays and if, de- and if defense is, is it or not. Yeah, I think he – because exactly the problem that you brought up with the guards that we have, um, he is kind of in a position of he's he doesn't necessarily have the size or even the scoring skill set to really transition to being a like – consistent offensive threat yeah um but he isn't necessarily a distributor and so he kind of floats in between the two and there are times where you see him even in the middle of a game shift that role um i i think he's going to be kind of of the sort of like um almost a tyler thornton type um, where he does have a decent intensity on yeah. defense. He needs to be a little bit more consistent on it. There were a couple of times against Gonzaga where he got lost on rotations or running back in transition. He like slowed up and then he didn't get to his man to cover in time. And then his man made a three in transition really easily. And so he needs to work on his consistency in defensive intensity. Um, but 
on offense. He's one of those sneaky guys where he's so tiny, but he can still get into the lane and like work his way around you. And then he's passed you into the bucket before you as a big defender have the chance to react. But if you touch him because you're so big and he's so small, it's like (laughs) automatically going to be a foul on you. Um, His three game is like decent. Um, And like, he can definitely, he's consistent enough that you have to step out on him if he's like in a position to take a three. Um, But sometimes if he's like wide open, he had a couple of those uh, in the Gonzaga game, like they just don't fall sometimes. And so um, again, I think that's a consistency that we'll kind of hopefully see take shape as the season progresses. Um, But I agree that he's kind of in this funky place where he is enough of an offensive threat and he's had some games where he's like scored like you know near 15 20 points or something like that um but he isn't our primary scorer and so one of the things that we see with this team is that we do generally have very um balanced scoring among you know six or seven guys um jeremy being one of them so it'll be interesting to see how he progresses all right let's guess the stat line uh for kentucky so i guess we're not we're not really going to talk about the the games that were not Kentucky or Gonzaga. That's um, I don't. I, I, think, I didn't see them, so I'm, yeah. ha- well, I'm so happy with that. I did not. Uh, I did not watch uh, Lafayette uh, due to my uh, antipathy for the French. Sure, <laughs> uh, but I've watched the other ones. I think you can discount the Citadel game uh, as kind of a freak game, they just came because. In and played their game well, yeah, they like they do. They so. play a style that really can only be described as pornographic. Uh, <laughs> it, it uh, too much scoring, uh, too fast. Um, uh, okay, so they need a good Bo Ryan type. Uh, exactly. They <laughs> they need to constipate that. To just like drain the fucking joy. Right. Well, maybe that's what Matt Painter needs. Oh um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the old the old Bo Ryan suppository. Um, Bo Ryan once went seven years of that shitting. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> the classic opposite of Painter. All right, so. Uh, uh, Jeremy Roach, uh, uh, just his, uh, just his field goals for Kentucky, for the Kentucky game. Um, I feel like that game offensively, he didn't do so great. So I feel like he maybe scored six points. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, so three, two point field goals on eight shots. Mm. Gonzaga. Oh God. He was not good offensively at that game either. Um, I think he scored ooh, eight points. Yeah, I was going to say eight. That was I think eight. it's nine. Okay. Yeah. Free throw? Uh, yeah, he Four had three twos he was th- in the free he was, throw. Uh, that would be three twos. Uh, so wow, so he was three for 13. I mean, three for I, yeah, 13. He had a rough game against Gonzaga. See, I almost missed that because I was so focused on Keels. But yeah, he was so no, that's arguably, were, arguably worse. Yeah, they uh, were terrible offensively. Yeah, they weren't for good. For that game. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so interesting, isn't it? And you know, it's it's funny when you look at the the starting five. But like, so, I... but okay, fine. Yes, that's very interesting. Blah blah blah. Um, I <laughs> stop no talking, stop talking. Aaron I have a talking. I have a I'm point so to make. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Good. My point is that yes, he went a combined six for twenty one in the two biggest games that we played this year, but his turnovers in those games minimal, very minimal. What? Uh, zero. Uh, zero in in the Kentucky game? And zero in Gonzaga. And zero in the Gonzaga game. But he's also not necessarily our primary ball handler. Yeah, right, right, right. So we're not saying your stat is useless or that you're useless. 
No one would say that. No, no. Actually, no. You're, but no, it's a good point. It, it is a good point. I mean, like, you can you, trust the ball in his hand. You just can't necessarily trust him to score in games at that competitive level. Yeah, like nobody else on Duke's had zero turnovers except Mark Williams, you right? Know, or and, AJ Griffin, who played six minutes. And in the Kentucky game. game, we didn't rebound because Sheboy dominated Williams. Yeah, and we did rebound well uh, in the Gonzaga game. Yeah, uh, the let's see. Um, yeah, what was the thirty-one to forty-two? We were out rebounded forty-two to thirty-one, which. We need to work on rebounding more consistently. We are oftentimes out of position. To I rebound. feel like Gonzaga didn't miss that many shots, though. Yeah, I mean, they Gonzaga, missed a, they missed a lot better. of threes. No, yeah. Gonzaga shot better than, but they did miss threes. And also, but when you miss threes, obviously the ball it goes it's very yeah, unpredictable. Yeah, yeah. Right. Way more unpredictable. I, I do sometimes think you can overhand. Like watching the Kentucky game, I was like, man, this guy's killing us on the offensive board, Sheedway. But a lot of these shots are taking crazy bounces. There's only you can only control that so much. I think over a season, rebounding rate is a really good stat. Offensive rebounding rate is a really good stat. But I don't think within single games you want to go crazy panicking over it. It's just yeah. like if a ball bounces, you know, like three different way, like three different shots bounce a different way, and all of a sudden, like those offensive rebounds aren't there. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, you know, it's only <laughs> like the Kentucky game was a great example. It's only as important as. Does the team score? Right, right. After that, right. now again, you can be like, "Oh, we still beat Kentucky." Well, okay, you could give it, those offensive rebounds to a better team, and mm-hmm. it would really kill you. For example, if we had done that against Gonzaga, right. that would have been, been a problem. complete disaster. Yeah, that that was my big takeaway. I mean, as you would expect, the Kentucky game was the first big game. It was really sloppy. Um, if they had played that way against Gonzaga, they would have destroyed them. And that's like a really, really positive thing. Like how efficiently they played and how. I personally, it was sound like a homer. I personally thought the refs were atrocious. I, I thought like Duke should have been up by like twelve at the half, uh, and then of course Gonzaga did their thing in the second mm-hmm. half. For the way they responded, I mean, how impressive was yeah. it? The composure and the poise of these dudes. Yeah, they weren't scared at any point in that game. They were not scared at any point, and it was awesome. Um, I think yeah, I think maybe that like, I should have expressed that earlier. Just like how excited I am at seeing this team, yeah. even even as we sort of nitpick them a little bit or whatever. Um, and then you like. Wendell Moore, like, what a revelation. I mean, yeah, that was one of the like great second half November Duke performances I've seen yep. since Tyler Thornton at Thanksgiving oh, and the Maui invitation. God, no. that game was beautiful. <laughs> no, but yeah, right? Like, how good was Wendell Moore? It was just like, holy crap. Remember, remember how we agonized over him mm-hmm. like two is years he ago? Good? Is he not going to be good? What is he doing? Is he, Where is he? Did he? Why hasn't he shown up yet? And I feel like we spend so, like, as Duke fans, there are so many guys like that where. You're like, oh, freshman sophomore year, they show such potential. They never actualize mm-hmm. it. They're either good right away or they're not. Mm-hmm. He's one of the few where I'm like, my God, he is like fulfilled. He yeah. is like fulfilled everything we ever wanted from him. And it's awesome. I mean, like that was, he just like took, took that game over. He oh. took that game over. Paulo was cramping. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wendell was cramping himself. Yep. But like Paulo was so good in the first half, but he obviously wasn't going to be as big a factor. And he just did like exactly what a fucking do. leader and baller does. It was, it was so cool. Yeah, I have loved to see the transformation of Wendell Moore this season. Um, I think primarily freshman, sophomore years, we were waiting for his confidence to show up because he would have games where he played really well and the yeah. next game, it was like he was entirely lost. And once he started in a scramble, he never recovered from it. Um, and so I feel like the big difference maker for him this season in stepping into this captain role is that increase in confidence and kind of trust in himself. And like, I think that also comes at a, his team is trusting him too. And he feels more able to like step into that role. And like, you see him doing mm. bolder things with the ball that he would never have done his freshman and sophomore years. Um, whether that is like 
driving on, you know, three defenders or like, you know, running a fast break really well or popping out to shoot a three, like the, just the way he carries himself on the court this season. Um, it's like, he's a different person than last season in like, you know, last season or the season before, like if that had been, if that Wendell Moore had shown up at the Gonzaga game, he would not have been able to recover in the second half. And the second half would have looked worse than the first half for him. Yeah. Yeah. And he and we would have lost. Been, right. Exactly. We would have lost the game. We would have lost the ball game mm-hmm. by 10 points or something. Yep. And like he didn't like he buckled down. He knew what he needed to do. He knew that his team needed a leader and he, he was that guy. And it was really awesome to see him get the MVP um, for that game. Four steals. He's got intensity and I love it. Six assists, only three turnovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh, he, I, yeah, that game was just like so cool. And again, I missed, I literally missed all of last year. We joked about it earlier. I don't think I watched a game last year. I was like, it was disappointing to watch. You didn't miss anything. My whole thing was like, I can't get invested when the postseason could be canceled. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it wasn't, but what we do it so was bad. Yeah, we didn't make the tournament. The, we yeah, were so I, bad. no, I knew that, yeah, that that much. I knew, and I, yeah, that that sort of seemed like it validated. I was like, "Good job, Shane. Good job skipping a season." You saved your time. This is me rationalizing being an awful like Fairweather fan. Uh, I've never forgotten about so many Duke games in a season. Like there were days where like a friend would text me about a game, and I was like, "Oh, we're playing today." Yeah, news to me. Yeah, and it's just like. From, so for me, it was like, you know, shooting into the future for that Gonzaga game. Like, oh, Wendell Moore, I remember him. And then like, holy God. Oh, my God. Like, just, yeah. Uh, I can't wait to watch him continue to grow the rest of the season. I love it. Yeah, yeah sure. he already grew one inch. That's the other thing I wanted to talk about. This is what killed me. Uh, they were talking about how this year on the, on the broadcast. They were saying that they taught him how to run differently. And they were saying that his feet pointed outward. Super duck footed. When he sure. ran. And I was joking about this on our Slack and then on Twitter a little bit. And so I think someone on the Slack said that there was another game, one of the minor games, where they said that he's also like the announcers were saying that he gained an inch because he used to slouch. Right. So, yeah. so, so like you think about that, you're like, so before he was like walking duck footed and slouching. Yeah. Like it's just like no a matter. He didn't move well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And like, yeah, but they like it's just so funny to think about because it sounds like um, if you were doing like a parody of like, here's what a brilliant coach does. He literally changes how you walk. <laughs> yeah. But they seems like they did. And uh, I mean, I think they were, we kind of heard that with Zion too a little bit, right? Like it, especially like maybe, maybe it was like the Pelicans, act, not even at Duke, but like yeah, the Pelicans were changing the way he kind of like his whole locomotion. Yep. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow, okay. Like good, good on it. They can change yeah. how you move now. Those mechanics are important. And it seems like it, helped yeah and i think the the important thing is that he feels an inch taller yes but i was just gonna say the exact same thing the confidence of not slouching and like having that extra height i think is also making a really big difference well that's what they tell tall people when they're kids right because tall people sometimes slouch because they feel awkward being they, so being so tall. being so tall and uh the reason i slouch is just because i'm so uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why wendell slouched too okay so his his, te- his teammates were bullying him during his <laughs> podcast. It might have been that we were bullying him on our podcast. It's like you like go back to the tape two years ago and you'd be like, "Who's this duck? Clack clack, Wendell, start walking normal, you freak." <laughs> That's, I didn't That's say that. Did That's what did it, Shane. He's listening to it crying. You're like I'm gonna I'll change. Show you, Shane. I'll show you. That's why if you saw him screaming in joy at the game saying, who's quacking now, Ryan? That's, what, directed at you. that's what it was referring to. It was me. I want a sweatshirt that says that. Who's quacking now, Ryan? 
Yeah, if anybody wants to make merch, who's quacking now, right? Or who's quacking now? And then also the um, the clips of Coach K. I included those for a reason after my intro song that people seem to love. Um, I'm already getting tweets, even though the podcast hasn't gone live. Yeah, um, so many streams already, like a million. Um, but this is live stream. Yeah, this is a live stream right. podcast. That's why yeah. I can't go back and delete those sexual prime <laughs> things, unfortunately. You mentioned it enough times that you can't delete it. It's like when uh, like a company gets sued and they just like they're like, yeah, here's eight million documents. <laughs> the rest of this podcast is me just screaming sexual prime, so you can't figure out what the first one was. Um, but anyway, uh, the reason I included those Coach K audio, if somebody out there has the talent to make us a intro song, like a remix, techno, whatever, with those three quotes. Um, techno? Yeah, like what? a classic techno. Like, this is a magical place. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Okay. You know? Um, <laughs> There's some extra pep, Aaron. Just a little, just a little pep in our step. And then, okay, so we're on to uh, either we can go Paulo or Mark Williams. Who do, you, who do we want to do next? I'm. Let's talk about Mark Williams. Let's talk about Mark Williams. He was another one where he was, except the opposite of Kiel's. Like the Gonzaga game, I was yeah. like, this guy is unbelievable. And then the Kentucky game, I was like, wow, he needs ca- more weight. Kind of got owned, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's another one where I'm sort of like, I don't know what he did against Citadel or Lafayette, but uh, yeah, the tale of two humans for sure. Yeah. Um, in the other games this season, I think the Kentucky game was where we saw him look his worst um, where he got kind of bullied out of position out rebounded shut down um, and it was really hard for him to kind of find his rhythm there have been I can't remember which game but there have been um, a couple of games where it might have been the might have been the Lafayette game um, where the speed of the game was such that coach K decided to not play him as much Um, and so that can be a factor even though he moves really well for a big guy um but i think the thing that i take away most is his growth over like so in watching last season him as a freshman he really started to kind of find yeah what? he's a sophomore what he's a sophomore like <laughs> what is this I'm what do you sure mean last a... season this is oh. this is bullshit <laughs> wait he played with mother's ball <laughs> he did he did he was mother's boss counterpart <laughs> well he definitely played with o'toole <laughs> Well, he probably didn't see a lot of floor time because Foster and Willis were gobbling yeah. it up with their duo act. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, he, like I now can name far more fictional characters. <laughs> last year. So I know Wendell Moore and Mark Williams from last year's team, yeah. and, I, and I guess Joey Baker must Joey have been there. Joey Baker was there. But I know Foster and Willis, O'Toole, Mother's Ball, and what's the hold fifth on. one? Is Joey's tattoo new for uh, this year, so. or was that there I last think, year? I think it's new. What is it? it? I don't know. Okay. We gotta I can find, find out. out for you. Thank yeah, you. let's find that out. Because um, we that's I'll, I'll do some digging. I'll do some research. <clears throat> and yeah, Joey, if you want to call into the show and uh, and tell us what your tattoo is and you know what it means to you, blah blah blah. Okay, I guess just look at his Instagram. The kids all have an Instagram that now. True. Hold on, hold on, ring ring. <laughs> We're getting a call, gang. <laughs> oh, who would it be? It's Joey. Oh, no, it's Joey, Joey Baker. Baker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we both. Wait, do we? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go? I don't know what he sounds like. What is he? I bet he. I bet he has a deep voice. Hi, right, right, It's Joey Baker. It's Joey Baker. <laughs> hey, uh, My tattoo's really cool. It means a lot to me. Do you guys want to know what the tattoo stands for? Yeah. No. It's where's a, he from? Well, no. Listen to me. Can I accent. tell my tattoo story? It's yeah. me, Joey Baker. It's no. a tattoo to commemorate the day Coach K burned my red shirt by playing me for three minutes against Syracuse. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most special moment of my life. 
And so I got a weird symbol to commemorate it. Oh my god. Gotta go, guys. <laughs> Nice hey to have guys. you on the show, Joey. Hey, it's me, Shane. I was in the bathroom. What did I miss? <laughs> oh, Lord. Ariana, I have a problem with that. Yes. Do you know what it is? What? The shed doesn't have a bathroom. No, no, no. So where did he go? In my diaper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Part so basketball, part diaper podcast. Listen, if you got turned on by that, <laughs> you're going to really like uh, the next episode. Uh, um, what are you look? What are you looking at? Joey is, Baker Art is a. Oh. <laughs> that's a different person. <laughs> I just pulled up an Instagram. I googled. First I, of all, on this I'll tell. Of Shane can't use I'll tell Twitter you what. Media. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I've often wanted to look at a particular person's Instagram, but they won't let me on because I don't have an account. Oh, so yeah. does that mean that Shane has an account? Um, yeah, as you can probably see, I've got a burner. Um, oh, I can't see. What is the name of it? Uh, it's a good question. It's like it's, it is just my name, basically. Or it's like some combination. It's of like your name backwards. Yeah, something stupid. Yeah, okay. Um, profile. Yeah, there it, it is. It is his name backwards. Yeah, <laughs> it's my last Ryan name. Shay. 13. Okay, don't oh, don't say. Oh, Joey Baker has an ad deal with Bojangles. Oh, that's oh, cool. you can do that now. That's cool. Yeah. You can do that now. Yeah. That's another new thing. Wow. Um, I like that. Good, good for, for him. him. Yeah. yeah. It's on I, his Instagram. I'll tell you what, though. Joey Baker seems more like a Zaxby's guy. Mm, well, they're not that's, paying him the big bucks. That's, that's a diss for everyone who <laughs> is into you know regional chicken wars. Yeah, I, I am. I, I've never been to a Zaxby's or a Bojangles. Although, so, because Joey's from Fayetteville, North Carolina, and so... Bojangles is North Carolina. I don't think Zaxby's is. So no, they're Georgia. He's going for the home chicken. Um, yeah. So Joey Baker, if you're listening, I can't find anything on Google. Just tell us yeah. what your tad is all about. We'd love to know. Um, do we even know what it is? Like, I, I didn't even see what it was. Like, what is it, a picture or is it script? I don't know. It's, it kind of looks like a blob. Okay. It's, it's. I think it's a picture. I'm trying to. I'll. All right. We'll we we'll research this, uh, yes. listeners. If you know uh, the answer. Uh, just uh, send it to Shane's fake Instagram account. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, wait. We have a Twitter account, don't we? We do. Have we, do. we need to go on there. We do, do we still control that? <laughs> Is there any way we can successfully... No, I think it? it's it's a Russian bot now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be careful. Like, Don't yeah, don't, necess- don't go to Cameron Lazy's <laughs> Twitter account. It's all... It's just uh, vaccine I disinfo. It's like, why is Jill Biden making you force vaccine? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Except it's just me typing that. <laughs> over and over again. It's like Hillary Clinton still think jail. You got it. Um, okay. Uh, I just sent y'all a screenshot of an Instagram of a blurry picture of his tattoo, for the record. I oh, so wow. Hold on. Oh, okay. Me... All right. We got to investigate. It looks, honestly, it looks like a rash. <laughs> oh, I'm, dang. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's so blurry. If I had photo enhancing capabilities, I would enhance Also, it, so the, the real truth is that my phone is in black and white at all times oh. because I don't like being stimulated by colors. Sure, 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 <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And so everything kind of looks, you know, I'd say it looks pretty gray and blotchy. I got to say, even in real color, it's rashy. It's rash adjacent. Oh, okay. All right. um, what's the Game of Thrones disease that um, Sir Jorah had that had to be cured by the fat man, Sam? I don't know because I'm not a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> grayscale, grayscale. It looks oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks like Joey Baker has grayscale. Lord have mercy. Um, what are so, you doing watching a show with dragons and swords and whatnot? Let me tell you, boy, those books are some good stuff. It's like reading a history book, Aaron, which I know you love. 
there's like there's a Sherman character, <laughs> your hero William yeah. Tecumseh Sherman. There's yeah. a, there's a character like him. Um, well, I prefer my history to be nonfiction. Ooh, so shots fired. Yeah. Very good. You know, but it is. It's a parable for the War of the Roses. Uh, so you know. the what? The War of the Roses, the Lancasters and Yorks, the famous British royalty battle. Yeah. That resulted, of course, in the House of Tudor. Right. So it's kind of like a retelling of that, but fictional with dragons. Um, my, anyway. w- my wife made me listen to an episode of a uh, podcast about the two boys who got killed. Yeah, the tower. The, boys, the tower the, the boys. The princes in the tower. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Richard III, I believe, right? Killed them. <sighs> he was involved. He was the he was the king at the time. Or He was a usurper. Yeah, yeah. Although history, may, you know, history may have judged him incorrectly. I mean, history is written by the victors. That might have mm. been post-death propaganda. There's a lot going on there. So you're saying that accounts that we consider nonfiction are actually fictional? Baby. Whoa. Is your mind just blown? Yeah. Um, Rewind. March 2020. The, Cam- <laughs> the Cameron Lazies cause COVID. <laughs> Well, well, the last big time baller we have to talk about is the best of them all, Mr. Paulo Banquero. Uh, this oh, dude. We gotta talk about Theo John too, but oh, oh yeah. no, yeah, yeah. The last, the last. All right, okay, starter. wait. You get one minute on Theo John. <laughs> Theo John, I love, man. I, I just think like, okay, so Ariana's brought up something I hadn't noticed, but it's very intriguing. But before you get into that, I'll just say like immediately. He all was... right, Shane, your twenty seconds are up. Sorry, Ariana, <laughs> go ahead, Ariana. Um, so two things. One, I feel like the countdown of the season is how long until Theo John punches someone. Two, uh, <laughs> Theo John has burn hands. Burn hands. hands. Down. He's yeah. a really big, really strong dude, but sometimes he just loses the ball at the whisper of a touch. And I just need him to strengthen his hands so that that doesn't happen any longer. That was poetic. Whisper of a touch. I Thank really like that. Um, Broad shoulders. Oh, yeah. Two first names. What did you say? Broad shoulders, two first names. Which yeah. is the opposite of uh, another player that we have, Bates Jones, who is two last names. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, okay, so Theo Jones and John Bates is probably the most normal combination right. that you could do names. there. Yeah, yeah you, right? could, you yeah. could really make something yeah, of yeah. those. I'm looking to see if Theo John has a middle name, but I don't see um, it. But no, Theo John is like large, imposing. He's incredibly intense. And I feel like even just him looking at the other team scares them. And so during the actual game, Love it. Yeah. like he like never sits down. He is like constantly standing on the bench. Like he watches a Duke basketball game the way I watch a Duke basketball game, which if you were ever watching a game and you happen to see me under the basket, if we're playing at home, I'm like everybody else around me is cheering and I'm like, you know, intense eyes burning through exactly what is happening on the court. And he is that except he's on the sideline at the bench and he's, you know, much, much larger than I am. Yeah. Um, Yeah. After I forget what game it was, it was the last home game we had that I was at. So I guess it was the Lafayette game. Um, He got called for a foul um, and he had to come out and he was so mad about it that he ripped a towel in half. (laughs) Ooh, that's cool. What ply? What ply was the towel? <laughs> I mean, whatever game towels they use to like wipe up the sweat and stuff on the floor. Just, so that's just, a pretty thick towel. They you know, those guys shredded. get good towels, good thick towels. Yeah, that's hilarious. I just, yeah, I just love having strong, tough guys. Oh yeah. I think this is like a strong. I mean, Mark Williams may be a little in the mold of like the yeah, like he, kind he'll of get there. Yeah, um, he's no Chet Holmgren, but he's maybe yeah. not. But like, yeah, bring a guy like Theo John on who's just 
killer offensive rebounder. Tough. I mean, I assume like a pretty good defender, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's got to be pretty good. He's so strong. He, it's okay with me if he has Vern hands. It's not as bad as Vern having Vern hands. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, he's a big, imposing, intimidating guy. Um, for sure. Uh, and then Paulo. Yeah. Paulo Boncaro. I fucking love this guy. He's fun. I love him so much. His mid-range game is... This is like a classic example of a guy that should just probably be in the NBA uh-huh. right now. Oh, yeah. He's, He's there. so good. He's... Uh, like as long you know the cramping the cramping yeah. is the one issue uh but um yeah i mean i just it was such a delight to watch him that first half was such a delight to watch him play you just know when somebody's next level like mm-hmm. it, it, you get zion vibes from him i'm not i'm not they've made that comparison before it's hard not to right because it's somebody who's so big but can but do so much plays so nimbly so well but he's also very different because he's like a shooter you know what i mean like he plays a kind of more like you envision it as like, yes, this is an NBA game. Mm-hmm. This is like exactly what a great NBA player yeah, does. He's that kind of fusion guard. Completely. Um, that can, yeah. Completely. Like, yeah, such a modern player. Mm-hmm. Like, just such like the epitome of the modern player. A guy who's 6'10", but has the skill set that he does. Um, yeah, Zion, what made him so special, like the things he could do physically with a body that was just like, looked like a... Absolutely ridiculous. Theo John, right? Yeah. Like, or like, you know, whatever, like just... Huge, too, like, like it was a bum. It was the bumblebee paradox. Like you're too large to fly. Yes, yet you fly. <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. Um, yeah. So that, like, I don't. I just love. I, there's nothing more to say, really, for me. I just think like it's. He's just fucking great. I yeah. mean, like. Yeah. Yeah, he's far and away going to be the best player that's on the court in every game that we play, uh, because I, you know, right? They're comparing him with Holmgren. As one really one two in the draft, I and it's really like don't understand why Holmgren's. Yeah, what do they see in this guy? Uh, but yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, exactly. I think I agree with you both. What more is there to say? Yeah. Um, you know, he's great. Uh, glad that we've got him for this season. Uh, he's a little cool for me. Uh, you know, uh, a bit of a cool customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, calculating. Yeah. But uh, but you know, uh, uh, what are you gonna say? He, um, I was just going to say like the Kentucky game reminded me a little bit of the Zion Kentucky game where it was like somebody else outscored him. Just like RJ, yeah, I think RJ has more, more points Zion, than Zion, yeah. but you leave the game like thinking only about one person. Uh-huh. You just like leave the game just like obsessed totally with. Totally mesmerized. <laughs> yeah. By, yeah. Um, and go he, oh, I was just going to say like he has all the star qualities of a player, but he doesn't have that star attitude. Um, he's very much a team player, even yeah. though like guaranteed he is the best guy on the court for us. He doesn't act like it. And he doesn't kind of like he can share the ball if that is the better choice to make. Um, but he can also like take charge in moments when that's the better choice to make. And so I like seeing that level of maturity, especially in a player so young. And um, the, not to draw an improper parallel for our uh pearl clutching uh, listeners, but I think that he has the proper amount of selfishness mm-hmm. that we need in a person. Totally. totally um, true. Yeah, you know, his actions, uh, uh, obviously in the uh, <clears throat> situation uh, that, you know, we, we don't have the details of, but you can see where I'm going with this. Uh, I don't feel like he's going to be afraid to put himself in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. To be the guy to want the ball. Uh, I don't see him deferring to anyone else mm-hmm. on the team, provided that he's physically able and you know is uh, is feeling good. Uh, so you know, uh, I think that is a good 
star quality to have. Um, uh, but you can be selfish and also be a team player, yeah. right? Uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with that a player, on a basketball yeah, a player court. of that caliber, you require him to be selfish right. at times. Right. Sure. Yeah. And I hope he's being empowered to do that. And I imagine that he is because, you know, uh, Coach K is not a dummy. He's been doing this a while. Uh, and I think he recognizes that, you know, all right. But yeah, what uh, I think, you know, something you were, were alluding to is that Zion would... would uh, Pass and share the ball to him. <clears throat> yeah, a little bit. Particular game comes to mind where he passed it to RJ and he just should have taken the last shot and then we would have won <laughs> and uh, gone on to win the title. But I digress. I'm so mad we lost to Michigan State again last oh year. God. I just can't it believe was... it. <laughs> can't believe hearing that detail. Blame O'Toole. <laughs> Good O'Toole. The guy goes one. He left. It's because we hated him. <laughs> O'Toole goes one for 19 from three. John Starks like, uh, so the um, two two quick things about um, Paulo, uh, there was a oh, there's a siren. Okay, I was like, is something happening in here? No, okay, so Paolo, yeah, they're finally coming to get you for your <laughs> for, for your inappropriate comments about Trevor Keels. Oh God, <laughs> never. I actually might delete those. I don't know. Um, so just bleep them out so that nobody knows what you're saying. I think they actually are coming here. Um, <laughs> There was an uh, article in The Athletic about um, Paulo Boncaro, and it was by, I believe, Brendan Marks is his name. Um, he covers Duke. It was a good article uh, that was really good in the second half, and it gets into his background. His mom is like a nut. Like, I mean, like he had to tell her to stop going to games. And so I just want to – Yeah, I like – but it was like so fascinating to learn about him. Like he – He's the kind of guy who's obsessed with film. I mean, he is like a really like He's an intellectual about the game. Very intellectual, but you know, combines like you were saying that sort of like killer selfishness instinct or whatever. It really seems like a perfect combo. But I thought this was um, really interesting, uh, where um, they're talking about one of. The, I'm just going to read these three paragraphs. Uh, it's talking about you're going to read these, three paragraphs. Yeah, but they're good ones, man. I think you're going to like it. Oh, um, God. So this is Brendan Marks. He writes Adams who's a coach, then one of Paolo's assistant coaches at O'Day, recalls a moment mid-game where Rhonda, that's his mother, yelled something out. He considered turning around to respond, hey, it actually wasn't his fault. But she persisted, just like her dad did to her when she was a promising high school player. Rhonda remembers her relationship with her father devolved at one point to where she wished he wouldn't even watch her play anymore. And then one day, Paolo came asking for the very same. And this is um, Rhonda. It actually impacted our relationship negatively. He was like, I don't want you to come to any more of my stuff, like my games or anything. So for a year, I didn't, Rhonda says. And it was hurtful, but it wasn't. I understood it. And that's that's, that's something, intense. right? Like, And she was like a really good um, player herself, as it says there, and, and, and a coach. And I think she was like one of his main, like when he was young, especially mm-hmm. one of the main people coaching him. Uh, yeah, but like seems like like toxic maybe. I mean, yeah, that's intense. Like very very intense. And like there's there's later quotes. It's worth reading the whole thing at the athletic. There's later quotes from Paula where he kind of you can tell he's kind of still like um, ambivalent about his relationship with his mom. Like it's not all better. You know yeah. what I mean? And they they try to spin it that way, but you can read between the lines that it's not. Um, so I thought that was just really interesting context on who this guy is. Like he's somebody who seems to have experienced a, a tremendous amount of pressure from yeah. his parent. I don't know. There's not much about his dad. I don't know if it's the same way, but from his mom, he seems to have experienced a lot of pressure. And I think that's, you know, in that brew of whatever's going on in his head, that's like something to consider as well. Yeah. That kind of, um, 
So Aaron mentioned before that he has kind of like a cool affect to him. Like he doesn't show a lot of emotion on the court. Like his most pumped up is like, you know, a, like silent, you know, chest pound or something like that. Um, and so I wonder if he stays so controlled in his emotions because of the relationship with his mom. And he was always like, I don't, I, I mean, my sister had this moment with my mom one time when my sister was playing ball in high school. And I don't remember what my like mom said, but she stopped center of the court as she was coming down and she turned and looked at my mom and I can't remember what she said back to her, but like in front of the whole entire gym, like yelled back at her. Um, <laughs> and like, um, you know, it never got to the point where my sister was like, mom, don't come watch me play games or anything like that. And after that moment, like things were like fine. Um, but it makes me wonder if the reason that Paolo keeps things so controlled is because he was nervous that he would have that moment where he would yell back that's interesting and yeah so he just kind of has learned to keep things very kind of even keel yeah <laughs> keel nice you're welcome <laughs> even keels um yeah i just think it's like so writing about golf you see this a lot and i think it is more common in individual sports than it necessarily is always in team sports you see you see it in team sports obviously but where <laughs> the thing I always talk about is women's tennis, where for every like one crazy tennis dad where it works out, you have like a thousand burned relationships. The person never made it anywhere and like they hate each other and it didn't work. However, at the same time, if you look at the top 15 women's players in the world, like 12 of them have insane dads who yeah. drove them. So it's like it is like a prerequisite, you know what I mean, to like be like this in, in like certain games. Um, like women, for whatever reason, women's tennis is really the most prominent. But but it's like, you know, your your chances of success are 0 0.01, but your chances of making it if your dad isn't like that are, like, are zero. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's this, it's this horrible kind of thing, really. It's like a really, you know, like we saw it with the Williams, like Naomi Osaka's mm -hmm. dad was like that. They're all kind of like Maria that. Karpova's dad. Yeah, it's just like Steffi Graf's dad. I mean, you can go mm -hmm. back and look at all of them. But anyway, it's like, here seems to be a case of somebody who had that kind of parent, but like sort of responded to it or, or, yeah. had, or had the drive to like, Speak up about it, but but also to like pursue it in yeah. in such a way where like it, it's it kind of worked out in some weird way, and it's like still seems unhealthy, but it, I don't know. It's it makes you like it, it really adds like it added an element to me. Layer, yeah. yeah, yeah. Two points. Mm -hmm. Shane has two daughters, mm -hmm. uh, so just keep that in mind. Yep. Uh, <laughs> put the tennis racket uh, in their hands. Uh, no, but but I think uh, I, that my main point is. I thought those you know, were the two points. Two daughters, two points. No. Uh, he gets another. Third, he gets, he gets third, third point. point. <laughs> it's amazing that these people that we watch on their TV run around, you know, run, uh, running around in their, they're basically their underwear uh, for our entertainment. Ariana's look was so precious. What? what yeah, basketball uniform is not typical male underwear? No. I wear a full, like kind of a full length body suit. You know, and it has a... Like the, the old time you suit? Yeah, exactly. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that is as naked as I get. No um, I'm a never nude except with old timey swimsuit. Uh, no, but that, you know, they're very exposed to us, mm -hmm. right? They're physically exposed to us. You know, here we are, we're talking about their bodies and their gait, right? Uh, all these things that like, you know, we don't necessarily walk around in the world. And examine that in other people. Um, uh, oh, but, thank God. but it turns out that they're actually full human beings. Mind blown. Yeah. Um, like with, you know, lives that are going on and, and it's wild. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, uh, uh, it, it is interesting to see this, this side of it and, and, you know, 
uh, whenever we get this kind of stuff in in sports coverage, it is really interesting because um, you know there are images that these guys and 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 uh, ladies uh, maintain, right? Uh, but they are real people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I'm not sure what my point is with that. I know uh, I'm I'm right there with you. I and I was I was going to say like <laughs> with basketball players in particular, they're just naturally so cool that I think there's an obstacle almost, or like there's a wall in the way of us like thinking of them as human beings because they just seem so awesome. Mm-hmm. And so like, you're just like sitting here like, oh man, if I could do that, what, what would life be like if I was yeah. like that good? You know, and you're like, you don't. Really, even if I could dunk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I yeah. feel like I'd be fully actualized. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I would no, be- no longer have to go to bi-weekly therapy. <laughs> If I could just dunk, okay? If I could all just dunk. All your problems would be solved. Actually, yeah. all my problems would be solved. But it's like, yeah, you can look at, you know, you can watch Paulo Boncaro on TV and just be like, yeah, this is just, this, I know who this guy is. He's a cool mm-hmm. basketball player. This is this is who he is. He's a yeah. badass. And not understand that, like, what goes into making these people is, yeah, they're very real humans. Mm-hmm. They've got real human problems. They've got real human relationships. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, I do kind of, I, I like seeing that side of it because it kind of demystifies them a little bit or, or takes away that aura of cool when you're like, no, 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 like, they all come from somewhere. And to get yeah. at this level, they have great stories. Almost all of them are good. Even if they're like the most boring interview or whatever, mm-hmm. there's going to be a great story there somewhere. And this, I just think this was one of them, even though it's like kind of a negative story. Yeah. Um, and then what was I going to say? The, I had one more thing we've, on Paulo. We've gone on. We're, we're at 75 minutes. We, we have to stop, don't we? We yeah. do. I know that we don't make this podcast for the audience. Yeah. Well, they can, uh, they can jump in anytime. I mean... I can fast forward. Your parents, they, so your parents think it's too long. Oh, way too long. Yeah. They would have stopped. I mean, well, a they would have cut out all your parts. Your and mom, your mom been, doesn't like me. She thinks I know. I think actually, I think my dad likes you less. Is that They're right? Like, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. That's great. I love that. Um, <clears throat> your mom thinks I'm mean to you, though. Yeah. Well, they. I mean, they hear you bullying me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was pretty nice tonight. I'm, I'm doing my best, Hannah, to uh, to be better. Um, <laughs> to, to your boy. <laughs> my boys. Our boys. Oh lord. Uh, should we talk about Coach K retiring? Yeah, I was just gonna say, <laughs> we missed the giant elephant in the room, which is like, a, no, the no, man, I, the myth, the legend. He's living in the present. He wouldn't want us to talk about it. I don't know if he is. I'm watching him last night or Friday night against Zaga. Guy looks like he's still got the juice. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like he looks like he's still got the juice. Yeah. I don't think he's retired. I don't think he can leave. I think my, my dad made that comment uh, too, and he was like, "Is it going to be like a Jim Beheim situation where, like, you know, he says that he's going to retire, then when the season ends, he's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm sticking around.'" Oh shit! So uh, I did not, I did not even consider that as an option. Yeah, that he, I do like think that they, he would really. I don't know. Do you watch? No. Do you watch? Six, so intense. Do you watch Succession? It's my favorite show. Mm-mm. No. Well, anyway, for people listening who watch Succession, John Shire is Kendall Roy who keeps thinking he's going to take over the company and coach K is Logan Roy. He's never going to let it go. Um, like he'll be, he'll, you know, be stumbling around the court. Like, <laughs> So it seems like, okay, of the many things that, you know, coach K is, and, and I'm not a coach K apologist or a coach K hagiographer or, or any of that. Um, I do feel like he is honest, uh, especially about things like this. No. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and that didn't even occur to me. Um, uh, so I don't know. Um, yeah, so I guess he's, either. I think you're right. I th- no, no he, he's, I agree. He's, I he's agree. going, he's going, but it is like funny to look at it and like how, how intense he still is, how good he how still, good he still how is. good he still is. I mean, he's just like, this is your life's work, man. What are you going to mm-hmm. do? What are you going to do after this? Yeah. Why do you want to leave? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, 
But I mean, I'm, <laughs> he has his reasons, I'm sure. Yeah. The Shire experiment is going to be so interesting. I, I don't know. I, I think we'll talk about Coach K a lot. I actually think it gets more interesting next year. Yeah, to see how things continue. Yeah. Um, we we we'll, we got to rate his gifts as we go along, though. Our friend Chris is rating his gifts as they go. I, I think I think I don't want to do it right now because we got to get the hell out of here. But um, I do think that's like a worthy thing. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. I, I just think like it's fascinating. I don't think Gonzaga did anything for him except like Mark View's video, which yeah. was nice. Which was nice. Yeah, it was nice. But, but um, um, I yeah. will say I do think with him retiring while still having so much like fire game knowledge, etc. Um, I think that's a big boon for Shire because you know that Coach K, it's not that Coach K is not going to be involved after Shire takes the helm. And so he will always have him to like consult and kind of be that grounding as he takes over as head coach. Um, they also brought Emil Jefferson back. So they shifted Nolan Smith to an assistant coach. And now Emil Jefferson is in the player development role. Mm, mm. Um, and so I imagine that when Shire takes over next year, that Emil will step into an assistant role yeah. and then they'll pull somebody else back but I think the dynamic that'll be interesting like Shire's been there for a really long time because he started after he had the eye injury playing in the NBA summer league had to come back here recuperate recover his eye and then he started on the like bench as a coach yeah and so he's been an assistant for like a decade now which is crazy to think about um and so he's got you know a lot of working knowledge in that regard and so I don't think the the drop-off, quote-unquote, is going to be as steep as some people anticipate it being. I do think it'll be interesting that Shire will be at the helm, and then we'll have Chris Carowell, who is an older Duke player as an assistant, and then Nolan, who was teammates with Shire, and then Emil, who... Uh, Did he overlap? I believe for a freshman, like a year, a yeah. freshman, the the title year, maybe. Um, so, like, that'll be interesting to just like see and yeah, like, to see who yeah. else gets brought into the fold. So. so my question is, you know, Coach K, don't, he doesn't text, right? Is that right? I mean, he can't. I don't I don't know if that's correct. Do you think he's a texter? I, I might you, have it on decent authority that you, you got are to. mistaken. You, you got it. If you're recruiting, you got to text. There's just no way around it. What do you think? Yeah. I feel I, he seems like a phone call guy to me. I, I can okay, all right. Send, so you, I can probably send a text oh. message to prove this right now as to whether or not no. he texts. Does it say in the article? In the athletic article, it talks about how often he texted Boncaro when he was recruiting him. Yeah, he would just like send him videos of Kobe doing or like LeBron doing things. He's texting videos. <laughs> yeah, he texts video. Yeah, no, he, he can do it all. Man. Yeah, he would. He would text Monkey. Okay. He, you ha- like look if you're recruiting, it's mm-hmm. you gotta be you gotta be on that text game. Okay. Um, the only thing I'll say about Shire, and it's just agreeing with what you said, Ariana, is that they wouldn't hand the keys to somebody who they didn't think could do it. I just don't think they would, especially a guy who's been there that long. Coach K would say. He's a great guy. He's yeah. a great kid. And his a good ass- uh, the yeah. assistant AD. So, is that right? <laughs> Pretty I, sure that's correct. I had no idea about that. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're right. I think. Well, we'll see. Shire's daughter. No, Shire's no. daughter's like two. No, no, Coach K's. Oh, I think I'm correct in that. I'm gonna double check now. Um. All right. Well, while you double check that, I think we are testing the yeah. patience of our listeners. We no, and I, I we here. should yeah. we should preview a couple things. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, she's the AD of athletics at Duke, so there's that. Um, we've got obviously the the Ohio State game. We'll we'll be on the pod uh, uh, after that. <clears throat> uh, we've got uh, an ad oh, uh, coming up that uh, we discovered in our our email inbox as we were preparing for for this. Uh, we've got a segment on Ariana's dating life. <laughs> 
yeah. That I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm very excited personally. Oh my god, we have so <laughs> we have much. A lot to do. Oh, I, I can't believe we didn't get to the dating thing. Oh, that, that's good though. That, that keeps one of the teasers. So we'll, one of the holster. So yeah. we'll tease it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we'll we'll save the ad too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. This it'd be overkill at this point. All right. Yeah. Well, guys, this was fun. I'm so glad. I'm excited. To be. We're back. What a jam. Yeah. Just I'm the, just so glad that COVID is over. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, well, um, on behalf of Ariana, Aaron, the Omicron variant, and uh, <laughs> all our friends at Duke, in and out of their primes. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was fun. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see Tuesday. you Tuesday. Woo. Go Duke. <laughs>